For you are here, and we are here. Bring us into your presence. Strengthen us, renew us, sustain us, and help us to be the people you have called us to be. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It's Christ Teaching Sunday. Here we are, kind of, having one foot in old time and one foot balancing us into new time as we hang between, literally hang between, Jesus' crucifixion and the season of Advent, which we will celebrate next week, beginning next week. We will prepare for his birth. So Christ the King Sunday kind of holds a tension almost between two worlds. Now, as you know, I can't pass up a good story. So I have a story for you today. Charlie Brown is leaning against a tree talking to Lucy. Lucy asks, what do you think security is, Charlie Brown? Charlie Brown answers, security is sleeping in the back seat of a car when you are a little kid and you have been somewhere with your mom and dad and it is night and you don't have to worry about anything. Your mom and dad are in the front seat. They are doing all the worrying. Lucy smiles and says, that's really neat, Charlie Brown. Then Charlie gets a very serious look on his face and says, but it doesn't last. <laughs> Suddenly it is all over and you will never get to sleep in the back seat again. Never. <laughs> Lucy gets a frightened look on her face and says, never. And Charlie Brown replies, never. <laughs> As they stand there sensing the terrible loneliness, Lucy reaches over and says, Hold my hand, Charlie Brown. Okay, two key things I want you to remember from this passage. Because I know you're all sitting there thinking, how is she getting that into the gospel? <laughs> and the first word is security. And the second is the phrase terrible loneliness. Security and terrible loneliness. So, our scripture today is from the Gospel of Luke, as you know, we've been in it, seems like forever. But in today's Gospel, Luke tells us that Jesus is hanging on the cross. There is a criminal on each side. Jesus tells us, I mean, Luke tells us very little about the crucifixion, basically nothing about the details of it, because Crucifixion was so well known and understood in the times of Je in Jesus' timeline that everybody knew what was happening. So he doesn't need to give the details. What he does give us is some words from the cross. And the first are the words, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they are doing. Jesus is praying for the people who are doing this crucifixion. Now, he's not simply asking God to forgive. This word in Greek is an imperative. It's a command. Father, I command you to forgive them. Don't hold any grudges. They don't know what they are doing. 
And so those are really the first words we hear in Luke's Gospel. Now I want you to picture yourself, you're in the crowd, and Jesus is in the middle, there's a criminal on one side and a criminal on the other side. Of course, the, the Roman guards are all around, and you know, people are milling around, some followers of Jesus, a lot of the disciples, you notice, are not here. They kind of scattered a bit. And in the crowd, you hear a lot of mocking. Mocking of Jesus. If you're the Messiah, save yourself. If you're really, really who you say you are, if you're really the Son of God, why are you hanging up there? Why are you doing this? You can come down off that cross. You don't have to do this. And the mocking goes on. And finally, one criminal picks up the refrain and he says, Yeah, Jesus, if you're the Son of God, come down off the cross and save us as well. So, the other criminal rebukes him. Which is interesting in itself. He says, look, we're hanging here because we deserve to be here. We're criminals. We've done nothing wrong. But this man has done nothing wrong. So, we're guilty. He's not guilty. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. Those words have been kind of haunting me all week. Remember me. And I want to share with you that many people who died in the ancient world did not have, like we have funeral um, places to go where their names are put up and all of that. And so many, many places in the ancient world, you could find a stone that marked a grave spot. And the words on the stone would be nothing more that than, remember me. Remember me. Who doesn't want to be remembered? This criminal does not ask for forgiveness. He doesn't ask for any special treatment. He just says, remember me. And Jesus tells him, today you will be with me in paradise. Amazing. When this criminal looks at Jesus and he knows he's guilty and he knows the other guy's guilty, he sees a man hanging on a cross who he knows is not guilty of anything. He sees a man who is full of grace and mercy and love. He is not a criminal. And something about that picture of Jesus, of his faith, draws this other man in, this criminal, when he says, you know, remember me. Jesus has a sense of majesty in the middle of his crucifixion. And I'm going to tell you that crucifixion was the most degrading thing they could do to a human being. Almost everyone was crucified naked. There was no hiding. There was nothing to stand between you and the mobs who were looking at you or mocking you. It's a totally humiliating experience. But when this criminal sees Jesus, he sees somebody 
who is calm and composed and in control of himself. And he says, remember me. Hold on to me. I know I'm not worth anything. I know I'm guilty. He doesn't ask for forgiveness. He doesn't ask for healing. He doesn't ask to be taken down on the cross. He just asks, remember me. Remember me. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a clergy conference, and a woman that I did not recognize walked up to me and said, Hello, Reverend Karen. I remember you. I had done supply at her church, and so I don't know if it was five years ago or whatever, but she remembered me. I was so touched by the fact that she would come up to me and say, I remember your being with us at the church. I mean, who really doesn't want to be remembered? I think we all do. What, two Sundays ago, we celebrated what? You all were here, All Saints Day. And what did we do on All Saints Day? We remembered all those who had gone before us, people who had shaped our lives. We remembered them before the Lord. We remembered them in our own memories. We brought them to new light. And we gave thanks for them. So I think these words, remember me, speak into, our, into each of our lives. For example, when you're praying, you probably don't say, remember me. But that's exactly what you're asking for. Jesus, remember me. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm overwhelmed. Life is not going like I wanted it to. I'm getting a divorce. I'm dying of whatever. But what you're really saying is, remember me in the midst of that? Remember me. Because I'm here and I'm struggling. And I need you here. And I need you to reach out and hold my hand. I need to know that you remember me. So, it's the cry of our hearts. Now, this is Christ the King Sunday. Oh, back up. I wanted to bring in my two words. And as we're saying that, as we're praying, and I'm saying we're asking him to remember me, we're really throwing ourselves on his mercy for his security, for his love, and for his taking away the terrible loneliness that we often feel like we're not connected to people. So today we celebrate Christ the King. And when he, <coughs> <excuse> me, <coughs> when he says, today you'll be with me in paradise, he's pretty much saying, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I'm going to be in paradise and I'm bringing you with me. You haven't asked for anything. You haven't got, you know, I haven't granted you anything, but you will be with me. I will remember you, Jesus is saying. So, Jesus, the king of the universe, the king for all time. Now, as Americans, ever since the Civil War, I mean the Revolutionary War, we have been too fond of kings, right? And we broke away from England because we were like a king telling us what to do. 
And you look at a lot of countries in the world today, and the kings rule, and often very unjustly. But we're celebrating Jesus as king of the world, king of the universe, the ultimate king, who is doing everything to bring us into relationship, to love us, to help us enjoy being in his presence. Now this instant, this celebration, which is really not always considered a perfect festival day, but it was first instituted in 1925. And you might be surprised to know that it was instituted trying, 1925 folks, trying to bring people into the presence of, the, of God and away from the radical secularism of the age. And so they came up with Christ the King Sunday, King of the universe, King of the world. We celebrate Christ as King. Isn't that interesting? In 1925, they were struggling with secularism. And in 2022, we're struggling with secularism. The things that keep us away rather than drawing us in. So, Christ the King reminds us that our security is found in Jesus, and it is Jesus who holds on to us, who literally reaches out a hand and holds on to us. It's Jesus who promises that we will be with him one day. And Jesus is our hope on the journey. We're all on a journey. We're on a journey individually, and as you know, we're on a journey as Good Shepherd. We're on the journey into a future with a new rector and new ideas and new people and new wonderful things happening, but it's a journey. We have to be willing to hold on to each other and on to the Lord as we move into that future, trusting that He has a plan for us, that he will not leave us, that we will not be lonely orphans out in the world, but he will hold on to us. In our passage today, Jesus hangs on a cross, the ultimate picture of love, giving himself to the world. Now, prior to what we experience after Jesus, in the Jewish understanding of forgiveness or anything, they killed animals, one after the other, literally hundreds or thousands of them at festival days in the temple. And they thought that that blood removed their sin from them. And instead, we find out that the king of the world hangs on a cross removing our sin because God loves us so much that he has sent one person, one living person who was his son to redeem us. Yes, Jesus lived just as we did, but differently because he was the son of God, was holy, didn't make a lot of mistakes. You know, you always read these books of Jesus as a child ever talk back to his mom. Probably not. But it's the first time that God himself acts in humanity to
transform all the sin of the world and redeem us from ourselves. He holds on to us. He loves us. He takes away the terrible loneliness of our lives and offers himself to us each and every day. The king of the world. So today we celebrate Jesus, king of the world. Next week we're going to go back and prepare for his birth. And next week when we go back to prepare for his birth, I'm going to be in Montana thinking about it. And Russell Wollinger is going to be here um, doing the supply. And I want you to notice something because we're going to change our liturgy next week. And we're going to go back to prayer B. And I want you to notice when we do that and go back to prayer B that we do it because it's an incarnational prayer. It talks about Jesus, the Son of God, being born, brought into the world, birthed into the world. And so it reflects that incarnational love of God that is pouring out on each of us. But we're not there yet. That's next This week, we still celebrate him as Christ the King. And quite frankly, we celebrate him as Christ the King all the time. But beginning next week, we will go back and begin the cycle once again. From the Nativity to the Crucifixion, we'll walk through Jesus' life with a different gospel, different idea, but always Christ the King at the center of it. Amen. Amen. Amen.